There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. This is our Tuesday edition of the podcast. We certainly are thankful for each of you that listen. Some of you I know listen each and every day. We've had folks even this weekend contact us again about listening to the podcast. What a joy it brings to our hearts to know that folks are tuning in. And I do I pray it's a help. I pray it's a blessing to you. There's a lot of things people could be listening to. A dear brother told me last week, he said it's hard to find something good to listen to uh, while you're traveling the highways. I know there's men out there doing business and there's men out there uh, driving around and they're in the vehicles a lot and ladies out there driving, ladies at home with their children, doing homeschool and doing chapel services, all of these things, and you need something. I thank God for that. Thank God you choose to tune into this podcast. Folks have asked me if I could do more. To be honest, I'm stretched about as thin as I can be with this. What I do appreciate is I appreciate when men time to time have filled in. They sent messages in or recorded live for me. And what a blessing that is to know that there's men out there willing to preach and willing to say some things and willing to, uh, to, to give us some ideas on the podcast and, and preach the word of God to us. What a blessing that is. And so we're going to be in Job 38, where he left off yesterday. And this is Job's uh, Job's contention with God, if you will. And that God is going to call Job out on some of these things because he tells him to gird up his loins. And he tells Job, you're going to answer me this. Then he doesn't give Job opportunity to speak. Uh, Job really has no answer because God asks him things concerning himself. He says in verse 4, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Now, the Lord immediately lets us know that he laid the foundations of the earth. That is God, the creator. That is in the person of Jesus Christ, the creator of all things. By him, all things consist. And we know that according to scripture. We know that God, in the beginning, God, what did he do? He created the heavens and the earth. And so we know that he's a creator. We know he laid the foundations of the earth. But he asked you, where were you when this happened? You know so much, where were you when this happened? That puts us in perspective of how small and how minuscule we really are. We understand that as God laid the foundations of the earth, we weren't even a twinkle in our daddy's eye at that point. And he goes on and says, Declare, if thou hast understanding, who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? And Job, do you know who measured this? Do you know who laid the measure? Do you know who stretched the line upon this? Job would have to keep silent. He knows the Lord's done this. What is it you and I have done for God? What is it truly we've done for the Lord? What is it truly that you and I, our ministry, everybody talks about having a ministry or their ministry, what truly have we done for God? The only thing we can do for him is to be obedient. There's nothing else that God needs from us but obedience. And he needs that faith. And by the way, that faith will rot obedience. The reason people are disobedient is they don't have faith or they're not living in faith. It's a failure of their faith. And they walk with God and then all of a sudden they just, Come to the place, they're done walking with God, and preachers, and all of a sudden, they're just done preaching. It's a lapse of faith. It's a failure of their faith. 
Faith only takes them so far. And by the way, many of them are just missing the saving faith of Jesus Christ. But there's some that I believe probably have the saving faith of Christ, but their faith is finished. They've run the course. They're done. They're, they're put their, they put their shoes up on the shelf, put their Bible up on a shelf, just kind of live a ho-hum life, a drab life. What an awful estate. What a terrible thing. And where were you when God laid the foundations of this thing? Where were you when God drew the line upon this? Where were you when God planned this all? If any of us are used of God, it's because of obedience. If I have any ministry, it's just because of obedience, because God has called with the holy calling. Then he's instructed me to preach the word, being sent in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That's why we call this the daily doctrine devotional. It's instruction in doctrine. It's reproof in doctrine. It's rebuke in doctrine. Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? And so we know the foundations are fastened because God said that. But where are they fastened at? He hung, by the way, just throwing this out there, he hung the earth upon nothing. Where are those foundations fastened at? Only God knows. Where were you, Job? Who else could hang the earth upon nothing? Who else could even conjure up such a thought to hang this earth upon nothing, to put all this in order and all this in space and to look up into the skies and the heavens and see the massive amount of stars, to see the beauty of the heavens and that wonderful working of God. That's why he challenges Job in this. Who has laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? When all this took place, the morning stars sang together? Now, I realize somebody says, well, that's an allegory. Well, you know, believe what you want. Let me just take it on this wise. Now, I don't have time to preach an entire message on this, but I'm just going to touch on this, and some of you scholars can go ahead and figure this out. But God laid the foundations, plural, of the earth. We know that according to the book of Job. There were foundations laid, and the earth was set on those foundations. But then we also know in Ephesians 1.4, he laid the foundation, singular, of the world. That was also God's doing. Two different events, two different things, complete two different uh, institutions, if you will. We're talking about the earth here. We're talking about the physical body. We're talking about how God has done this. He's dealing with the, the literal here. Every place, it's literal. So therefore, in verse 7, when the morning stars sang together, why wouldn't that be literal? Let me have that. Let me enjoy that. They think the morning stars sang together in the heavens. Why? Because they knew that God was laying the foundations of the earth. And then he goes on. He says, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Why? They saw the foundations of the earth laid. They saw the earth. And they shouted for joy. They knew the promise of God was coming. They knew a promise of God was put into effect. They knew what God was going to do. And he sent his only begotten son into the world. And my friend, what a joy that is. They shouted. They rejoiced. In verse 8, or who shut up the sea with doors would it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb. When I made the cloud the garment thereof and thick darkness a swaddling band for it. In verse 10, he says, and break up for it my decreed place and said bars and doors and said, hitherto shalt thou come, but no further. And here shall thy proud waves be stayed. He shut up the sea. And I realize there's a lot of thought on this, and I'm not going to get into this on the podcast because I'll run down a rabbit trail and be here for two full episodes. Uh, but some of you need to understand what the sea, some of you understand the depths, some of you understand that that place where God divides the sea. Some of you need to understand the face of the deep. There's mariners upon the sea. Uh, we Later on, he talks about those things in this chapter, in these chapters to come. He talks about these bars. He talks about the doors. But then he said, thou shalt come, but no further. And here shall a proud waves be stayed. 
And I just throw a little hint out there to some of you and move on past this. But I also know there's an isle in the midst of those seas. In that isle, there is a prince. In that isle, there is a king, according to Ezekiel 28. You don't understand that I on these seas, but God said, you'll go no further. Why he's laid the foundations of the earth. Job, do you understand this? Job, do you grasp what I've done? Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days and caused the day spring to know his place? And it's interesting God says that because it's one of those things you contend with people, even religious people, even saved people. They'll contend over these verses because they don't want to believe the literal. The literal is too far out for them. But we're talking about God. Is anything too hard for God? Does God command the morning? Yes, he does. The word of God just told you he does. God himself tells Job that as thou commanded the morning. God does command the morning. The sun comes up because God speaks it. God's commanded it. The sun sets because God's commanded it. So all of this is in order at the voice of God. At the instruction of God, creation is groaning, but creation is not disobedient. Creation is right now is groaning for its redemption. And by the way, part of that is those thorns upon the head of Jesus Christ. Remove that curse upon the ground. One of these days, it'll be so. One of these days, that curse will be off this ground. Creation's going to be made free. She's going to groan no longer. She's going to put exactly what God intended for her to put forth. And it's going to be a wonderful dwelling place. It'll be a beautiful and a marvelous dwelling place. It's going to be perfect in all its ways. It's going to be beautiful in all of its ways. The fruit's going to grow as it ought to. The ground is going to give as it ought to. The, the animals will be in harmony as they ought to be. But, Joe, where were you when all this took place, Joe? Where were you when I commanded the mornings since the days and caused the day spring to know his place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, that the wicked might be shaken out of it? There again, he's talking about an event. He's talking about when he laid these foundations, the wicked are shaken out of this earth, that prince of the power of the air, his abode. Yet, my friend, where Joe, where were you when this took place? And so many folks, and that's why it's called the Daily Doctrine Devotional. I've heard so many people say you don't get doctrine from Job, but how can you not get doctrine from Job? You can't understand creation. You can't understand the beginning until you get doctrine from Job. You have to go talk to Dr. Job to get doctrine from Job. And yet God gives you so much doctrine. He teaches you of weather patterns. He teaches you of the water. He teaches you of the hail, the snow, the rain, the creatures on this earth. He teaches you how God laid those foundations, hung the earth upon nothing, put his bands upon the thick cloud that it rained, rained not. He tells you these things. We do get doctrine from Job. This is the doctrine, by the way, we get from Job. And he goes on and says, it's turned to clay to the seal, and they stand as a garment. And from the wicked, their light is withholden, and the high arms shall be broken. And then he asked Job this in verse 16. I find this very interesting as well. Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea, or hast thou walked in the search of the depth? Now, it's not some of the depth of the sea there. It's some of the depth. That deep calleth unto deep. The noise of thy water spouts. He's speaking of the depth there. When that fountain of the deep was broken up in the days of Noah, and that water came forth upon the face of the earth. And my friend, there's great understanding of Scripture there that's attainable if you're willing to listen to what God said. There's great understanding of those, the, the, and knowledge of those Scriptures. Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea when God broke forth, when God watered this earth, when God rose that water upon this? Did you enter into that? When God separated the seas and the dry land, 
Were you there for that, Job? When God made that water course step aside and he put dry land and was going to inhabit that land, seed that land, and put the creatures upon that land and give man dominion over that land. Were you there when that took place, Job? No, Job, you were not. Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? And that's one of those places, again, if you were with us on the Messianic Psalms, you followed us through that shadow of death. That shadow of death is often so mentioned, the gates of death. What are the gates of death? Well, we know that Jesus Christ has the keys of death and of hell. What are the keys for? To open the gates of the depths. Was Job there? No, he was not. Why did he have to open the gates of death? Because Jesus Christ went and got the keys to make a way. The men don't have to stay dead. They can live forevermore in him. That's the power of his resurrection. He tells us that in the book of Job. Hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? The gates, the doors, why does he have the keys? And by the way, the understanding is there that death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. Death is that separation from God. Yet there's a door. And by the way, that door and those keys and you just may as well just go ahead and find them where they are. It's a one-way door, and that door is the way out of death. That door is the way out of hell. That door is the way of salvation. Glory to God. That door was hung on Calvary. That door is a one-way door, and it opens up. And it opens up to Calvary to Jesus Christ. Job, were you there when those keys came? Were you there when that door opened? Were you dead there when that gate was open unto thee. Hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what did Jesus Christ say? I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Glory be to God. He did walk through that valley of the shadow of death. He walked through death. But when he walked through death, he had the keys. And he had the keys of death and of hell, and he crossed that great gulf. And God drew him out of many waters, and he went over Abraham's bosom and preached to the prisoner. Blessed be his holy name. Well, I get caught up in that all day if I wanted to. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he preached to the prisoner, said captivity, captivity, presented him to the Father, and came back to, to his own and ministered to his own and revealed himself in Scripture to them in Luke 24, completed his earthly ministry and sent him to the heavens and seated on the right hand of God today, making intercession to those who will come to that door. Job, where were you when this took place? Job, where were you? Answer thou me, Job. Give understanding, Job. Do you have this understanding, Job? Where were you when I did this, Job? Why did he do that? Because from the foundations of this earth, Jesus Christ was made manifest to men through the word of God. And God had planned all of this from the time of eternity. He had planned all of this knowing the fall of man, knowing the destruction of man, knowing the destruction of sin. And God gave us his only begotten son and sent him into this world and made him flesh. As he put on a robe of flesh, he came into this world, suffered, and suffered a death of the cross, suffered the death of hell, was resurrected in his glory, resurrected to be on the right hand of God. And he did that for us. Job, can you see that? Job, do you understand that's what's coming? All the knowledge and all the wisdom and all of his fair speeches, there's this one thing that without fail, so many men miss. It's the knowledge of the door. It's the knowledge of the keys. It's the knowledge of the gates. Swing wide, ye gates. Glory be to God. And I've looked at that a couple of ways. 
And my friend, I've, I'm just bouncing this off for some of you. And I understand when Jesus Christ comes through that eastern gate, I understand the glory that's going to follow. And I can understand, I believe that is what Psalm 24 is speaking of. But let me tell you, he would have never come through that gate had he not come through another gate. And the gates of hell could not prevail against Jesus Christ because he had the keys. And he swung wide that gate and kicked open that door of death and made a way that you and I might come and know him. Bless his holy name. Well, I didn't get quite as far as I wanted to today, but we're going to stop right there. And Lord willing, we'll start again in verse 19. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.